here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I am the barbarian Andrew Rich. Joining me on this muscular mystery tour is my good friend and partner, the Scorelord, Chris Maffei. Together, we are your hosts, the Power Chords of Pain. Folks, today we are doing a Q&A bonus episode for your enjoyment, and we're doing it for a particular reason. About a month ago, I realized that I had some vacation days that I had yet to take off, so I put them in uh, for the weekend after this recording session, the weekend of the 10th. A couple weeks ago, me and Chris were chatting, and he mentioned that he also was taking a vacation the weekend of the 10th. So we're both going to be on vacation at the same time, and because of that, neither of us will have the capability or the time to edit and produce a full-length episode of the podcast with all the music and the swoops and sweeps and boops and beeps and all that stuff and still get it out on time for the next scheduled release date. So we figured let's do something easy, something that can be produced in a day or so with minimal hassle before either of us go on vacation. And that's why we're doing a Q&A. It's called a bonus episode because it's not a full-fledged episode, but we're going to put it as part of the regular schedule rotation because it's just easier that way. And finally, we actually have a special announcement about the podcast that will come at the end of the Q&A, so make sure you listen all the way through to the end. That's enough of that explanation. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm just looking forward to, uh, like you said, taking a little trip over the weekend, and I'm sure you are as well. I hear you're going to be in Steve Austin territory. Hey-oh, go on down to 316 Gimmick Street, open up a can of audio pass. You know, be that as it may, it was (laughs) what it was. As my buddy Leon always told me, Steve, always let cooler vacations prevail. (laughs) Yes, I will be going to scenic Austin, Texas for my vacation. I'm looking forward to it uh, because I rarely take days off. Not that I love going to work, but I... You're like Darren Young. Oh, yes, exactly, yes. Although although recently, Darren Young has a lot more days off. Ah, that's true. Damn it. But uh, anyway, yeah, I don't get sick that often or take fake sick days because I feel like it. If it's my birthday or if it's an important family event, sure, I'll take a day or two. 
but in general, I tend to be the good little worker bee that I am. Still, you know, when you work in live talk radio like I do, or when you work in any job where you have to deal with, quote-unquote, the people on a regular basis, you quickly realize that a lot of people suck. <laughs> they really just suck. If you're listening to this, you do not suck. You're awesome, and we love you. But chances are, you probably know someone who really sucks. And when you have to engage with people who are long-winded, or drunk, or belligerent, or racist, or crazy, or just plain annoying, that shit tends to chip away the stone after a while. And to quote the late George Carlin, you just want to slap the bastards. But you can't, because it's over the phone. So instead, I'll be taking a little trip down the mighty Mississippi to Austin, Texas. It's not quite Lanza territory. It's like 90 miles southwest of College Station. But I've always wanted to go there, visit some cool locations, eat some Texas food, maybe enjoy some music. It'll be pretty fun. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a lot of fun. I'm jealous. What about you, Chris? Where are you going on vacation? I'm going to be heading up to PA as I do every month or so to go visit my girlfriend. And uh, we're probably just going to have a, a full weekend of just watching Gilmore Girls and, and, and doing all those cutesy couple things that previously would have made me sick. But now I somehow just love doing. Love has certainly changed you. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really filled a lot of a lot of spaces in my in my heart and in my life that I didn't know could be filled by anything other than wrestling, which is maybe why I'm at the juncture that I'm at. You guys are like Kane and Lita. It's beautiful. <laughs> God. Okay, maybe that's not the right example. Ma but, yeah, uh... maybe, yeah, please, no. <laughs> uh, in any event, Chris, uh, let's get to our topic today: listener questions. It's mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Liz here. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Our first question comes to us from our good pal, Lee Malone, from Voices of Wrestling, at Lee Malone. Lee asks... What is your favorite ROH theme of all time, and why isn't it the final countdown? Well, Lee, it's hard to beat the final countdown. It really is. In the pantheon of Ring of Honor themes, final countdown is an absolute all-timer. It's up there with The Truth, The Champ Is Here, Olay, and it's a fantastic song in its own right. I think, to me, a song that comes just as close and it's probably the 1B to Final Countdown's 1A is CM Punk's theme, Miseria Cantare, The Beginning <sighs> by AFI. Did I steal your pick, Chris? I, I stole it, didn't I? We're on the same page here. <laughs> sorry, man, sorry. I love the atmosphere it creates with those keyboards in the beginning. Dun, dun, dun. I love the buildup. I love the drums kicking in and the lead singer belting out those powerful lyrics. It's three minutes long, and it just wraps you up and really gets you emotionally invested, which is what a great wrestling theme is supposed to do. It should help you care about the wrestler. And with a guy like CM Punk, young, hungry, charismatic, 
it fits him like a glove and really boosts his persona tenfold. So I'll give the nod to Miseria Cantare. No disrespect at all to Europe or Brian Danielson. I love the final countdown, but I maybe love Miseria Cantare just a little bit more. I'm completely on the same page. I mean, I remember the first time seeing a CM Punk entrance with that song, and I was just like, whoa, what is this? At that point, I was not really into AFI at all, so that was completely new to me. So then I went to go check out the album that that was on, which that became an album that I go back to a lot, and I've gotten into AFI a bit more other than that album. But man, what a great... I think that's probably my favorite CM Punk entrance theme of all, just because, like you said, it fits him like a glove. It lends itself so well to being a pro wrestling theme. And I also... There's like some Terminator inspired drums going on in that intro too boom boom bacha boom boom bacha it's not exact but it's very similar yeah but but very similar though very similar sounding and it lends itself well to to uh, clapping and also slapping those barricades which was one of the coolest parts of that whole entrance which and one of the coolest parts of that era of ring of honor too so yeah miseria cantare definitely my favorite ring of honor theme as well, no disrespect to the final countdown because that's I love that song in all of its cheesy glory and I think it's it's awesome. And a shout out to AFI for also doing another excellent wrestling theme, I Hope You Suffer. Yes. Which is Jimmy Havoc's theme. Yeah, I love that song. Our next question comes from Leon at Earth to Leon. Who has the best stinger in wrestling? Leon says, in my opinion, it's Yoshino's Speed Star! Lightning in the jungle! Speed Star! It's lightning in the jungle! Now we've said before, many a time, and I'll say it again right now. Taka is coming! Motherfucker! (laughs) Is number one with a bullet for me, hands down. It may even be the greatest thing to ever happen to pro wrestling. But let's take that off the table to make it fair to the other stingers. Now, best stinger in wrestling, we could be here all day because there are a lot of great stingers out there. And it's hard to choose the best stinger. It's not an easy question to answer. Most iconic, that's pretty easy, I think. Stone Cold's Glass Shatter. Yeah. That or if you smell, those two are probably neck and neck. But I don't know about the best. That's a much tougher question to answer, I think. There was a period of time in my life after we did the Dragon Gate Heal Units episode where I just kept saying to myself, Mad Blanky! (laughs) It just satisfied me so much to say that stinger over and over again in my head. I remember also there was a period of time when I was in college where I was obsessed with the underbos. The underbos. Just because of the way the guy said the underboss. The underbos. The underbos. So I kind of go back and forth between what's my favorite stinger. The one that I'm kind of obsessed with right now, and it's not because it's great, because it isn't, but just because it baffles me so much. It's Cody's current theme, Kingdom, the stinger for that one. Wrestling has more than one. 
royal family. Which, I talked about this with John Carroll on Wrestling Omakase. In this context, it makes no sense whatsoever. Because it's implying that people only consider one family in wrestling to be the royal family. And those people need to realize that the Rhodes family is just as important as that one royal family. Which, okay, I get the sentiment. Trying to get across the importance of the Rhodes heritage and the legacy and all that stuff, fine, I get it. But chances are, if you're a wrestling fan, you already know that wrestling has more than one royal family. In fact, it has a lot of royal families. The Hearts, the Von Erichs, the McMahons, the Guerreros, the Anoais, the Alvarados, the Vachans, countless others. So Cody Stinger, while factually correct, wrestling does have more than one royal family, makes zero sense contextually whatsoever. And it's so nonsensical that it actually has me repeating it in my head over and over, trying to find some way to comprehend it. I never think about Cody Rhodes, so you're on your own there. <laughs> fair enough, sir. Fair enough. For me, I mean, when I say best, I'm just really saying the one that I love the most because I don't speak for everyone in the world. Uh, I'm going to go with Yoshino's speed muscle partner, Naruki Doi, Muscular Countdown intro. Muscular! I love it. Everything about that song is ridiculous and great and inspirational and... Uh, I mean, it's it's great. It's I love saying it. I love singing it. It's completely ridiculous that the stinger for someone's wrestling theme is the word muscular. And also, what does muscular countdown actually mean? I mean, these are all questions that should be answered at some point on this podcast. But uh, I'm that that's the one that immediately came to my mind. So I'm going to go with muscular countdown. I mean, Speed Star is a great one as well. You you really can't go wrong with a Dragon Gate stinger. Oh, oh, and of course, Adam Cole, baby. Yes. Adam Cole, baby! That, the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> Actually, you remind me now, a little while ago, you gave me a collection of Dragon Gate music. Yes, everything I had. And every time I hear the word, millennial, yeah. it just makes me smile because it's, it's so jaunty and happy. Uh, the millennial stinger is, I think, another, another great stinger in wrestling history. Actually, I'm changing my answer to millennials <laughs> now that you mentioned that. <laughs> now that you mentioned that, yeah, that's great. I miss the millennials. Millennials! Next up, we have two questions from Adrian Gaskin at AD underscore Gaskin. The first one is, who has the best theme in New Japan, WWE, and TNA right now? After that, who wins out of the three? Again, like you said, Chris, the best is subjective, so we'll probably just say our favorites here. Right. WWE is a tough one to answer because there are a lot of great themes in the company right now. Gun to my head, and this might sound a little nuts, but I think that Baron Corbin's new theme, I Bring the Darkness... How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it may be the best theme in the company. Swear to God, because it's a fucking barn burner and a half. Jim Johnston composed it, and it's Big Jimmy bringing the metal riffs, bringing the soaring vocals, bringing the goods. It's fantastic. It actually, it feels too good 
for Baron Corbin to have. That's how much I like it. So I'll go with Baron Corbin's new theme, I Bring the Darkness, for WWE. New Japan, another tough situation because there are a lot of fantastic themes in the company. Okada, Naito, Hiromu, Kushida, the list goes on and on. I'm gonna go with Tomohiro Ishii's theme, The Stone Pitbull. Nice. Because it's just, it fits him so well. It's just so badass in its own special way. And it's one of the few themes that has a siren that I can actually tolerate without my ears bleeding. So I'll go with Ishii's theme, The Stone Pitbull. TNA, Impact, Global Force, whatever the hell it's called right now. I don't watch it anymore, but I still keep tabs on it. And I can easily say that the best theme in the company is LEX's theme. LEX have always had top tier themes when they were in TNA. And the theme that they have now, which is just a reissue of To Live and Die in LAX, their second theme, it's no different. Uh, so LAX all the way for the Impact brand. Uh, that's my answer there. I've heard the new Baron Corbin theme because I subscribe to WWE Music on YouTube. So I did check that out when it dropped. And at first I was kind of like, eh, the lyrics are a little bit cheesy. You know, they're a little bit obvious. Um, but then I, I realized, oh shit, that's Tommy Vexed on vocals, who is, uh, who's a big, you know, rock metal vocalist that I'm familiar with. And I, uh, I looked him up. Tommy is the current fill-in singer for Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah, and uh, it kind of grew on me over time. I mean, granted, I've never seen him come out to it, so that might ruin it for me. But uh, I do, I do enjoy that. Um, as far as my favorite WWE theme at the moment, I mean, I don't know. This may be lazy, but I'm going to say Kevin Owens, just because I feel like it's just such a great riff. It, it's an instrumental, and it's strong enough to just be that. And it's not one of those ones where you're like, "Yeah, this is cool, but where are the vocals?" which a lot of the newer CFOs themes tend to be. They just feel like a, like a placeholder waiting for vocals. I think the Kevin Owens theme does what it's supposed to do on its own. And I'll never forget being at an NXT TakeOver at the Barclays Center and just feeling the power of that song live. I mean, I've never really noticed a theme kind of like resonating like in my organs as much as this one did. Like, the low end on those guitars, those really low-tuned guitars and the bass, I, I was really feeling it. So that kicked it up a bunch of notches from where I had it, and I already liked it to begin with. So I'm going to go Kevin Owens for WWE. TNA, I I couldn't even tell you who's still on the roster. So if you say LAX, I'm, I'm going to go with that because... I haven't paid attention to Impact since, like, the third brand reset when they were changing channels a few years ago. I don't even, I don't even, who, who cares? And based off the recent Bound for Glory pay-per-view, you're better off staying away. And also, fuck Anthem for disbanding live audio wrestling oh, yeah. and putting quality podcasters and journalists like John Pollock and Wei Ting out on the street. They should be fucking ashamed of themselves. John Pollock is the best. John Pollock is the best in this fucking field. And you're, you are so stupid for letting go of him, Anthem. I, that is completely ridiculous to me. But, uh, I mean, I, I've been so angry about that for the past week. Now, moving on to New Japan. That's an easy one for me. My favorite New Japan theme for a while has been Bushi. Now, you never get to hear it. But when you do... 
I mean, to quote the song, oh my gosh, it's, it's great. I've never been to a club, and I never plan on being to a club, but if I were to go to a club, this is what I would want to be playing in said club. It just, it's, it's so dirty and grimy feeling, which is weird because he had it when he was a baby face, but now it makes a lot of sense. So I always enjoy when we do get, you know, maybe like a, a Best of Super Juniors or something like that where Bushi's coming out on his own and we get to hear that theme. So out of all those, I'm, I'm going to go with Bushi just because it's, it's one of my, one of my favorites uh, in New Japan and one of my favorite themes, period. Adrian's other question, what are your thoughts on Juice Robinson's theme song? I love it. One of my absolute favorite New Japan themes, actually. It's fun, it's upbeat, got kind of a neo-psychedelic thing fused with some dancey techno, and it works for a guy like Juice Robinson, who himself is an upbeat, energetic, kind of off-the-wall type of guy, always happy to be there, always brings the passion, connects with the crowd. So I have a lot of love for uh, Juice's theme, Moonchild and a lot of love for Juice Robinson himself. I admit that when Juice came to New Japan, I wasn't a big fan of him because he still had the CJ Parker stink on him. But over time, he's improved by leaps and bounds, and he's become such a great pro wrestler and a really endearing character. You just want to see him succeed, and now I just can't imagine Juice not being in New Japan. So I love Juice Robinson, I love his theme, and I'm so happy when I get to see him wrestle on my New Japan shows. I like Juice Robinson a lot as well. I have to admit that it's been a while since I've watched any wrestling in New Japan too, so I haven't heard it recently to really have like a fresh opinion of it. I do remember, you know, not really feeling too strongly about it. It doesn't really grab me the way a lot of other themes in New Japan do. That's not to say I didn't like it. It's just that it was just kind of a little bit just kind of there for me. And, I mean, for me, nothing will touch the old C.J. Parker theme by Suspect Parts. You know, not, not, not the Hendrix knockoff one, but the one with vocals that he had towards the end of his run. I really love that theme. So nothing's going to touch that for me. So I never really paid too much attention to Juice Robinson's New Japan theme. But I'll take Andrew's word for it. Steve Castaneda. Steve is a uh, longtime supporter of the podcast at SteveCast93. He asks, I asked in the past for y'all's heel and face themes, but what would your tweener slash anti-hero theme be? Okay, so anti-hero themes can be tricky to nail down because you want it to have an edge, but you don't want it to be too evil. You want it to be dark but not too dreary. You want it to get people pumped up, but you don't want it to be too cheery. You want to find a nice balance between all those. So I did some thinking, and there are a bajillion songs that fit this mold. I'm gonna go with I Feel You by Depeche Mode off the album Songs of Faith and Devotion. It checks all the boxes. It's dark, it's mysterious, it's grounded in this heavy bass, but it's got enough of a drive that it doesn't come across as too villainous or too dreary or too evil. So it, it straddles the line, I think, quite well. So I'll go with I Feel You by Depeche Mode. But again, I could pick, you know, 500 songs off the bat easily.
Yeah, I feel like we could be here just all night just listing off songs for, you know, our own themes, you know, heel, face, tweener, whatever the case. I mean, we could go on and on. But one that immediately comes to mind on the spot is a song called Cryoshock by a band called Machina from their album Progenitor. It's really a song that the first time I heard it, I was like, what the fuck is this? This is incredible. The second time I heard it, I thought, I would love to enter every room possible to this song. Like, just walk into a room and have this song playing. So for me, it would just make a great theme regardless of, you know, heel, tweener. Maybe it doesn't work for a baby face because it's a little bit on the... I'm not going to say the, necessarily the dark side, but it leans towards that. And it, it feels... It, it lends off a feeling of kind of a, a cold type of reclusive type of I mean the first few lines of the song I think say it all oh the price that we pay for the lives we betrayed only washes away when we turn to stardust so it's like man this is some some heavy shit I would love to just like I could picture the lights going you know a bunch of blue and purple lighting I I really think it would make a great theme and it's, it's one that I've thought about you know in my fantasies of being a wrestler, this is what I would enter to. So it doesn't matter if it's heel or tweener or whatever the case. This has always been the go-to theme for me. So I really like that song a lot. Another one that I've recently been jamming on a lot uh, since I got the new Trivium album, The Sin in the Sentence, is a song called Thrown Into the Fire, which would probably be, it's a little bit more up-tempo, so probably be leaning towards more a, a, a face-leaning tweener. But... It's a heavy song, and I've been really jamming on it, and I thought it would make a great theme as well. So that's another one I'll throw in there. Next up, we have Nick Percaro at Nick underscore Percaro. He also has two questions. The first one is, what are the most overrated and underrated themes? We'll do underrated themes first. That's another question that we could be here all day, just spouting off our favorite themes that we think should be praised more often. I'll just list a couple that I think have been overlooked over the years. The first one is Doc Gallo's singles theme in New Japan. Oh my God. Boz. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. Like Bushi's theme, you didn't hear it that often because Doc usually came out to the Bullet Club theme. But when you did hear Boz, it was awesome. Really underrated. It's this electronic hard rock fusion type of song that was undeniably wasted on a guy like Doc Gallows, who normally was just a tag guy in Japan, coming out to the Bullet Club theme. Another one is Low Key's theme in TNA, Hitman, which he actually started using back in 2006 when he was Senshi. I thought that this theme was badass when I first heard it in 2006, and 11 years later, I still think it's badass very underrated uh, again I could list 50 themes that should be on yeah. more people's radar but I'll go with those two for now what about you Chris underrated wow Doc Gallo's singles theme when that during that G1 in 2014 I was going nuts every after every show trying to find that song online so I was very happy when that album came out I, that's one of my favorite New Japan themes ever ever i love it so much um but since you already used that one i'm gonna go hakushi hakushi wwf full metal the album angel 
Yeah. yeah. What a beautiful piece of music. And Jim Johnson has mentioned... I think it's Jim Johnson who's mentioned this, or it might have been actually Steve Austin, or maybe both of them. They mentioned that it was kind of like the light Undertaker, or like, you know, the, the, the white as opposed to the black, or the light as opposed to the dark. It was kind of like a light version of the Undertaker, which would ostensibly be what uh, Mordecai was going to be, and then that kind of never happened. But this, Then he wasn't. And then he wasn't. <laughs> But Hakushi was kind of like the original version of that. Jinsei Shinzaki, of course. And I've always really loved that theme. And you don't hear too many mentions of it, probably because of just the time period and it being such a such a brief thing. And not many people would even think of Hakushi. But that's one that immediately comes to mind as just really not being celebrated as much as I feel that it should be. Because it's a beautiful composition. And it has something that I've mentioned in the past I really love when you have a thunderstorm in the middle of a theme, <laughs> which is great. So I'm going to go with Hakushi for underrated. Overrated themes, I really don't have that many answers. Uh, to me, when I think overrated, I tend to think overexposed. One that fits the bill to me is Voices. Randy Orton's theme. I'm pretty sick of that song, and I wasn't really a fan of it to begin with when he changed it over from Burnin' My Light. I've always been a Burnin' My Light guy, as opposed to a Voices guy, which is funny because, as we know now, Randy Orton hated that song yeah. from day one. Uh, but still, though, I prefer Burnin' My Light to Voices. If I never hear Voices again, no pun intended, I, I will be content. What about you, Chris? This was an easy one that came to mind, and I'm just going to say the name of it, and I'm not going to even try to defend myself. Glorious. Glorious. No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend. I will defend. You know, I can see that being a reasonable answer, uh, especially if you're not a fan of Bobby Roode. After a while, you'll just get sick of hearing that song and never want to hear it again. I get it. Um, that may not be a popular answer, since there are entire arenas of people that still sing it, but I think it's a reasonable one. Nick's other question, how much does production weigh into your enjoyment of a theme versus composition? You know, I think I put the two of them on the same pedestal. To me, and this is not breaking any new ground whatsoever, the two go hand in hand. You could have the most elegant lyrics or the catchiest hook in the world. If the production stinks and it sounds bad, then it doesn't matter how great you compose it. At the same time, you could have a song sound crystal clear, but if the lyrics are bad or the music doesn't catch on, then that doesn't matter either. I think everyone who loves music of any kind knows that feeling of pure serotonin rushing through their brain when they hear a piece of music that just sounds so pleasing. It could be a pop song chorus, it could be a hip-hop verse, it could be a metal riff, it could be a techno beat, a choir, whatever. You hear it, and it makes your brain happy, and it causes the hair on your arms to stand up. I think that is the composition of the song. The notes, the vocals, the instruments, working in tandem with the production to make the music sound so good and so pleasing. So they're both equal in my mind to enjoy a theme. Not to say that this is true for everyone, of course, because people have different ears for music and sounds. Some people, I'm sure, can wave off 
so-so production if the song is catchy enough, and the same goes for poor composition. It all depends on what your own taste is. I'm more or less on the same page here. I mean, especially for someone like me who's really interested and involved in music production, that's a very important part of how I listen to music and just how my ears are tuned and how I enjoy music. But I mean, so is composition. And I'm not going to listen to a bad song just because it's produced beautifully. You know, there are some audio engineers who listen to Nickelback albums just because the production is stellar. And while I see how they can do that, I could not put myself through that. Now, I could listen to an album that was maybe recorded in not-so-ideal conditions that has just great music that that will, alone will make it listenable to me. But, of course, there are limits to that. Is a great album still a great album if it was recorded on an answering machine? You know? Is a, is a great movie still a great movie if it was shot on a potato? You know? Like, these are all nuanced questions with nuanced answers. But I think for me, I prefer a balance between the soul and the science of music making. So I want the songwriting to be there and I want the production to at least be halfway there. And if they're both there at the same level, then I think there's nothing better. A question now from the Czech Republic, Velkej Bracha at Velkej underscore Bracha. I hope I am pronouncing that correctly, Velkej, uh, because to be honest, your name sounds like Rusev's entrance theme. <laughs> Rusev Velkej, Rusev Bracha. Oh my God, no. <laughs> no, Velkej, we're sorry. Don't... <laughs> Velkedge, of course, I'm only teasing you. Of course, I'm only teasing. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry for laughing. We love you. Come on the show. <laughs> Velkedge asks, if you have done any music yourself, what are you most proud of? I have never made any music. I sing in the shower. I sing in the car. Not wonderfully, but in my head, I think it sounds okay. I, di- I disagree. You have made music. You did that great rendition of the Hulksters in the house. Oh, you know what? You're right. On our Hulk rules. <laughs> <laughs> you did that one You did that one rap. That's right, for the, the hip-hop, hip-hop episode. episode? Yeah. Right. I forgot about that. I have made music, haven't I, Chris? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been listened to by thousands of people. Actually, outside of this podcast... When I was a kid, I used to play the piano. Oh. Yeah, I, I played for, I'd say, five years or so. My teacher was this really nice woman named Mrs. August, and I would go to her house every week and take lessons and practice at home. Every year, we would have a recital at the Steinway Piano Store in Natick, Massachusetts, and that's where all of Mrs. August's students perform for their families and friends. Uh, the first year I did the recital, I was the first one to go up, and I played Ode to Joy. But yeah, I used to play the piano a lot when I was a kid. I had to stop when I entered high school because I got too busy, but uh, I'll always be grateful to Mrs. August. She was a really nice lady and a great teacher, and uh, sadly, I think she passed away a few years ago. So uh, rest in peace, Mrs. August. R.I.P. Chris, you've mentioned a few times on the podcast that you've made music outside of this show. Uh, What are you most proud of? Well, the thing that I've made that I'm really, really the most proud of actually was very recently. It was a few months ago. I I wrote a song, uh, wrote and recorded a song for my girlfriend. 
and uh, an instrumental piece, and it was one of the most natural flowing things that I've ever made. It all came together pretty quickly, and I've never spent that much time and put that much effort and detail into, you know, making sure it was, you know, the composition was right, and making sure it was recorded and mixed properly and just right, and and I really wanted it to to kind of capture, you know, the right emotions and and convey what I was feeling, and and I hope I did that. Um, so that's that's what the thing I'm most proud of, and I've also never you know, written a song specifically for a person before. And even though it's an instrumental, you know, it's still very personal. So that is the thing that I'm most proud of that I've made. You know, I've done a lot of stuff and a lot of it hasn't been heard by many people and a lot of it just sits on the hard drive or whatever. But uh, that's the thing that I made that. And if she's the only person that ever hears, actually, it's on my SoundCloud, I think. So anyone can go hear it. You can go check it out. Soundcloud.com slash CMStrike, I think, is my SoundCloud. So you can go check that out. I think it's probably the most recent thing up there. But yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of that. Our next question comes to us from True Backlash at Information Emp. The question is, what would you do for a Klondike bar? I've never eaten a Klondike bar in my life. I've had ice cream bars, but never a Klondike bar. Truth be told, I'm not really a big ice cream guy in general. Um, I'll have some vanilla ice cream every now and again, but I'm not really an ice cream guy most of the time. Now, the song Ice Cream Man by Van Halen, (laughs) I like that one a lot. And Los Ice Creams are always fun to watch. But no Klondike bars have ever passed my lips, so I don't think I would do anything for a Klondike bar. I would decline, politely, and ask for some gummy sharks instead. Uh, what about you, Chris? What would you do for a Klondike bar? You know, I reject the premise of this question. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I asked for some non-wrestling questions, but I didn't ask for advertising slogans. True, true backlash. If that is if your that real is name, your real name, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm giving you some backlash for this question. Klondike, get out of here, Klondike bar. Yeah, there'll be no mercy for you, backlash. Ooh, it's Judgment Day, pal. You're unforgiven. (laughs) Oh, man. Here's another non-wrestling question. This one from Oscar Chamorro at Oscar7mex. What albums do you consider five stars? Okay, okay. Um, I'll list them off right now. Songs from the Big Chair by Tears for Fears. Perfect 80s album, in my opinion. An album called Steve McQueen by Prefab Sprout. It's a very beautiful pop album. Frog Rock Wise, Selling England by the Pound by Genesis. American Four, The Man Comes Around by Johnny Cash. That's an early favorite of mine. And lastly, I'll mention Now What by Deep Purple, which is from 2013, and every track, in my opinion, is a winner. Oh yeah, this is a hard question to be put on the spot about. Um, wow. Off, I mean, off the top of my head and I'll just go one album per artist because they're some of my favorite artists. I think they have some fantastic albums. Uh, the first one is Michael Jackson, Dangerous, my favorite album of all time. It's, it's absolutely flawless in my mind and it'll always be my favorite album. Um, Carnival, Sound Awake, great, great band. If you're not familiar with Carnival, Australian progressive rock. I think they're one of the best bands in the world. Um, let's see, Catatonia, Night is the New Day, 
Of course, Master of Puppets by Metallica. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, one of, the, one of the great metal albums of all time. Fate's Warning, Parallels. Great, great progressive metal album. What else? Deftones, Diamond Eyes. Amazing, amazing album. I'm not, I'm not a huge, huge Deftones guy, but I think that's, that's one of the best albums of the last 10 years or so. Oh, Rush, Moving Pictures. Oh, yes, of course, definitely. definitely. Moving Pictures, yeah. I mean, the list goes on. There are so many great, so many great albums. One more question. This is from our buddy, our pal, our good brother, Head Cheese, at Blue underscore Ray Mysterio. Is there anything Hiroki Goto's theme and or Friday by Rebecca Ultramantis Jack Alistair Tyler Black cannot make epic? (laughs) Oh, Head Cheese, you lovable so-and-so. The answer when it comes to Goto's theme Hado is an obvious no. There is nothing that that song cannot make epic. You could be doing your taxes, and that song would make it epic. You could be washing the dishes, and that song would make it sound epic. You could be sleeping and have that song on, and they would make it epic. Friday by Rebecca Black. Eh, not so much. You may have lost us on that one, Head Cheese, but we still love you, buddy. We still love you. Don't worry about it. Oh, man. I mean, first of all, all you have to do is go watch the trailer to episode six. Our, oh, yes. Yes, yes. Our New Japan episode. And that's, I mean, that's all I have to say. Go to the Music of the Mat YouTube channel and you will say you will see that even something like taking a big old dumpski can be made epic to Hiroki Goto's theme. So Friday by Rebecca Black, you know, I'm not just saying this. I don't think I've ever actually heard that song in its entirety. Yeah, me neither. I know the Friday, Friday, and that's all I know. So, um, I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not quite the authority on that. Um, and neither is Andrew. So sorry to disappoint Head Cheese. Head Cheese, one of one of you know the, our most supportive listeners. So we don't want to, you know, we don't want to just skim over it. But I don't think we have much to add to Rebecca. Re- Rebecca Ultramantis, what was it? Rebecca Ultramantis Jack <laughs> Alistair Tyler Black. Oh, that's great. That was worth it just for that. Okay, well, thank you to everyone for sending in your questions, and thank you, as always, for listening to Music of the Mat. Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Check out all the great podcasts on the network, like the flagship podcast, Open the Voice Gate. Wrestling Omakase, Burning Spirits, Shake Them Ropes, WrestleNomics, Brit Res Roundtable, so much more. Voicesofwrestling.com, that's where they will all be. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. Also, check out the VOW forums, Voicesofwrestling.com slash forum. And that's where you'll find the YouTube playlists for each episode. Finally... Rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And in general, just spread the word about the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family. They will thank you for it. I guarantee it. And Chris, you were on a different podcast quite recently, actually. Uh, Tell us about that. Yeah, so I was recently on my buddy Tim's podcast, the Anything Goes podcast, and we did a quite lengthy review of Stranger Things Season 2, which 
Highly recommended, by the way. And also, Andrew, I'm sorry for spoiling you. Yes, a on. <laughs> certain someone on this podcast who shall remain nameless spoiled Stranger Things Season 2 for me in a tweet that I saw. I was not a happy camper, to say the least. But I have since forgiven Chris for this transgression. All has been forgiven. I'm very sorry. I'm sorry for anyone out there that I spoiled on Twitter. But uh, but yeah, you, you can check that out on iTunes. It's called the Anything Goes Podcast. You can check Tim out at Timothy Rooney 2 on Twitter. He's, it's also on SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts from. So that was a lot of fun. I always have a good time when I'm on the Anything Goes Podcast. So check that out. All right. Uh, there's no easy way to get into what we're about to talk about. Um, what we're about to tell you sucks, but it has to do with the future of the podcast. Chris, this news concerns you, so I'll let you explain what's going on to the people in your own words. Well, like you said, there's no easy way to say this, and I'm, I'm very sad to say that this will be my last episode as a regular co-host. Now, I'm just going to say that this 100% has to do with my passion for wrestling just not being there for like the past six months or so. And it's been really hard to kind of, I mean, we've mentioned and it not to just beat you over the head with it, but this, this is a really, it's a really time consuming podcast to prepare for all the pre-production and then all the post-production editing. It's a big process. And for me, at least if I'm not a hundred percent engaged in that and really passionate about what I'm doing, it gets to be such a grind, especially when it takes up a large amount of free time and it's it's really cutting into other things that, you know, may, I would rather be doing than talking about wrestling. Now, I always love talking with Andrew and one of the cool things about this podcast, one of the best things, probably the best thing has been just being able to goof off and, you know, all the references, all the inside jokes and just talk about wrestling themes and it's always really fun, but there's a lot surrounding that, surrounding getting the episodes together that really takes its toll, especially when I'm just so just not engaged with wrestling and and I wish I could be and there's a lot of stuff that I missed I missed the entire G1 this year and you know I've I I missed a lot of big moments that I I wish I could be there for and I wish I could be you know into the way I used to be but um it's just something in my life that has uh you know there's not a whole lot of space for wrestling at least not right now and not for the foreseeable future so with that in mind, I don't want to sandbag this podcast and I don't want to bring it down. And I've mentioned this before to Andrew that I never want to be, you know, the weakest leg of the table because Andrew does so much. He brings so much knowledge and enthusiasm and the great writing that he does and the great preparation. And our guests, when we have them on, they bring so much to the podcast. And I don't want to be the one who's just kind of here just because. So with that in mind... I'm going to have to turn over the podcast to Andrew, and I know that he's going to do a great job because for the few episodes that I was gone earlier this year, he did an awesome job, and it was a real thrill to be able to just listen to the podcast and not be a part of it and to be able to enjoy it just as a listener. So I'm looking forward to being able to do a lot of that, and I would also love to come back on from time to time. So this is by no means the last you will hear of me, hopefully. I would love to come back on and discuss plenty of things, but week to week, it's just, you know, it, it's just something that I wish I didn't have to do, but the passion just isn't there. And I would much rather listen to a podcast that had hosts that were passionate and fully engaged in what they were doing rather than someone who's kind of just showing up and maybe not putting everything into it. So with that in mind, I hope 
you listeners. I hope you understand that and I hope you can appreciate that. And I appreciate you for listening. I appreciate everyone who's ever given us a try and, and spread the word, especially those who do it without even mentioning us on Twitter and just mention us to people just saying, hey, this is a podcast I think you should check out because I think that's really, really cool. And word of mouth is more than anything, probably how this podcast has kind of gotten around and, and gotten a, a bit of a following. So I really appreciate all of that. I appreciate all the work that Andrew has done because I think... Without Andrew, there is no way I would have ever been able to do this podcast, and especially on the level that it is right now. And I really appreciate all that, and I'm going to miss doing this every week, but I think that'll make it all the more special when we do come back together and reconvene and, and talk about some wrestling themes. So I'm looking forward to coming back on and doing that at some point. Uh, and I want to thank Rich Kreich for helping us get started and giving us a platform to do this, and also for coming on the show. And everyone who's come on the show so far and been a guest host. I've really enjoyed all those experiences, being able to talk to different people and kind of, you know, really just talk about wrestling themes, which, I mean, at a certain time was was really something that I was super, super passionate about, and maybe that's faded a little bit. And I don't know if it's obvious on the episodes, and I hope it's not, but I remember the Metallica episode, just feeling so charged up about that one, and then realizing... Why don't I feel charged up about this for every episode? You know, why, why is it not like this for every episode? And I think it's just, you know, it just comes down to sometimes your passion fades a little bit for certain things. And whether or not it comes back, I don't know. But with all that said, uh, thank you to everyone who's listened. Thank you to Andrew again. And uh, this is definitely not the last that you will hear of the Power Chords of Pain. And I just want to let the listeners know that everything Chris just said he already told me last week. He did not blindside me before we started recording this. Hey, I'm leaving the show. See ya, but No, we talked about this days before. And even when he told me about this decision, I didn't feel like I was being stabbed in the back or kicked in the gut. Chris has mentioned on multiple occasions that he hasn't been keeping up with watching wrestling. He's lost the passion for watching wrestling. He's been busy with work and his personal life, so the blow had been softened quite a bit. I'm still bummed, of course. I'm still sad because I love doing the podcast with Chris, and we always have so much fun, and it's a great hang. But I've told Chris before, and I'll say it again right now, I completely understand and support his decision to leave. I'm not angry. I'm not bitter. I'm not going to point my finger at him and say, you're betraying the show. How could you do this? No. This podcast is not the be-all, end-all. We have jobs. We have families. We have responsibilities. There are other things going on in our lives that are more important than this show. A show that requires a lot of time and effort and attention to make it sound as good as it does. So if Chris wants to do something else and focus on those more important things in his life and do what's best for him, then who am I to say no? Because I I owe everything to Chris Maffei when it comes to this podcast. I wouldn't even be sitting here if he didn't have the idea for the show in the first place. I am eternally grateful for Chris's hard work, his production skills, his knowledge about music, his ideas, all of it. And I know that the listeners feel the exact same way that I do. This show is not going away. 
The podcast will continue. I will still host it. Obviously, I'm going to need some guest co-hosts to help carry the load. I don't know who that will be yet, but I can worry about that later. What I do know is that as long as this podcast is still around, I will do my absolute best to keep the standard that Chris set with his skills. It's a very high standard because Chris is like Zack Sabre Jr. He's a goddamn technical wizard when it comes to production. But I will do my best to make sure that this podcast remains at the highest quality that it can be. And of course, Chris is always, always, always welcome to come back on the podcast whenever he wants. The door is always open. The seat is always open for him. It, it doesn't even need to be said, quite frankly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a downer ending, I think you could say. Uh, but... Uh, I feel like we should be playing the sad Hulk music right now, actually. And I don't mean Hulkster in Heaven. I mean the music from The Incredible Hulk, where Chris is walking slowly into the distance <laughs> oh, no. away from the podcast. Or maybe, uh, never been a right time to say goodbye, <laughs> Bret Hart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Chris, I feel like you lost your smile. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of the entire time that I was saying that. <laughs> Listen, Chris, I say this with complete sincerity it's been it's been it's been it's been it's been an absolute blast doing this podcast with you you know i mean that from the bottom of my heart some of the most fun i've ever had is because of this podcast and our conversations and our wacky banter it's gonna be weird not having you on the show but i can rest easy knowing that whatever you do next i know you're going to do it big because when it comes to cars, you do it big. When it comes to money, you do it big. When it comes to making moves, None of this is true. you do it big. <laughs> hey, listen, I can't let you go without a little Silk the Shocker. It, it just wouldn't be right. Oh, man, I'm glad I'd never have to talk about Silk the Shocker. <laughs> well, you got that going for you. I guess you could say you got that going for you. For Chris Maffei, I'm Andrew Rich. Music of the Mat will be back. That is a promise. We'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.